We meet today in Galatians chapter 3, today looking at verse 6 to verse 18, still talking about justification by faith, but now looking at the illustration of Abraham. This section of justification by faith, using Abraham is an illustration, looms large actually in this epistle, then follows an allegory of Hagar and Sarai, which takes us through the rest of chapter 4. So now, we come to the heart of this book, the high watermark, where Abraham will be the illustration. Neither circumcision nor baptism can save. In fact, they make no contribution to salvation. They are simply outward evidences of an inward work. The incident referred to is in Genesis 15, after Abraham encountered the king of the kings of the east in his rescue of his nephew Lot, he refused to accept any boot, any loot, any spoils from the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah. God appeared to Abraham to assure him that he had done the right thing in turning down the spoils, saying, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. Abraham was a practical sort of an individual, and he began talking to the Lord rather straight, and I feel that the Lord wants us to do that, my friend. He said, I don't have a son, this is Abraham, and you told me I would have one. The Lord said, I'm glad you brought that up, Abraham. I've been wanting to tell you something. God had already told him that his seed would be as numberless as the sand on the seashore. Now God takes him by the hand and he tells him to look towards the heavens. It must have been night time. It is said that in that section of the world, one can see about 5,000 stars with the naked eye. Now, with a 16-inch telescope, you would see 50,000 stars. And I don't know what you would see with a 100-inch or 200-inch telescope. Be that as it may, I don't think any telescope would give you the exact number of stars which could be seen at that time. In effect, God said to Abraham, See, you can't count the stars, and neither can you count your offspring. Do you know what Abraham's response was? The Bible says, Genesis 15 verse 6, And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Now, in the original, it is very expressive. Literally, it means that Abraham said, Amen to the Lord. God said, I'm going to do it. And Abraham responded and said, Amen. Next, Abraham said to the Lord, Would you mind putting what you have just told me in writing? Perhaps you are saying, I have read the book of Genesis, and I don't remember anything like that. Yes. Well, it's there in Genesis 15. Notice what he said in Genesis 15 verse 7. He said to him, I'm the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land. Now listen to Abraham's response. He is talking back to God, and he is not one of these uh, super pious saints. Verse 8, and he said, Lord God, how shall I know that 
I shall inherit it. You see, this is Abraham's response. In other words, put it in writing, Lord. God said to Abraham, meet me down in the courthouse and I'll put it in writing. Now somebody says, wait a minute. It doesn't say that. But it does, my friend, you know, it does. Genesis 15 verse 9. And he said to him, bring me an heifer of three years old and a she-goat of three years old and a ram of three years old and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. You see, that is the way they made contracts in that day. Jeremiah also tells about making a contract in this way in Jeremiah 34 verse 18. You see, when a contract was made in that day, one man agreed to do something and the other man agreed to do something in turn. They put a sacrifice in two parts and put half on one side and half on the other side. Then they would join hands and walk between the two halves. That sealed the contract. It was the same as going before a notary at the courthouse. Now, Abraham prepared the sacrifices and waited. He waited all day. Fowls came down upon the carcass and Abraham drove them away. God was late meeting Abraham. He did not get there until sundown. We read in Genesis 15 verse 12. Now, when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. Just as he is about now to sign the contract, God puts Abraham into a deep sleep. The reason for this is that Abraham is not to walk with God through the two halves. Abraham is not to promise anything. God is doing the promising. Verse 17 of Genesis 15 says, and it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark that behold there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. You see my friend God passed through between those two halves alone because God made the covenant and Abraham its part was only to believe God. If the covenant depended on Abraham's faithfulness, perhaps on his saying his prayers every night, he might miss one night. And then the promise would be no good. So God was the one who did all the promising. He went between the halves by himself. And the covenant depended on God's faithfulness, not on Abraham's faithfulness. Abraham simply needed to believe. Friend, over 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ went to the cross alone to pay for your sins and mine. He is asking you to trust his son who died for you now. He makes the contract. He is the one who makes the promise, the covenant, and he will save you. This is the new contract, my friend. The old covenant he made with Abraham. Abraham believed God. He said, Amen to God. Abraham believed and it was accounted to him for righteousness. God is still asking us to believe him. Put your trust in Christ and you will be saved. What a glorious picture that we even see in this story. Galatians 3 verse 7 
Therefore know that only those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. God did this for Abraham before the law was given. God did not make the covenant with him because of Abraham's good works. He told Abraham, I will do this for you if you believe me. Abraham said, I believe you. Now God wants your faith to rest on a solid foundation. But my friend, if you come to God, you must come to him through faith in his terms. He has come to the door of your heart. He cannot come any further. He will not break down your door. He will knock and say, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. Only you can open the door of your heart by faith. You and I can trust Jesus Christ as Savior. We are saved the same way that Abraham was saved, by faith. Galatians chapter 3 verse 8 And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. You see, God preached the gospel to Abraham. When did he do that? Well, the first illustration Paul gave us was at the beginning of Abraham's life of faith. Now Paul refers to an incident near the end of Abraham's life of faith, recorded now in Genesis chapter 22. It was after Abraham had offered Isaac up on the altar. I say he offered him because he was just within a hair's breath of offering him when God stopped him. In other words, in his mind, he was resolved. God considered that Abraham had actually done it. He demonstrated that he had faith in God, believing that God would raise Isaac from the dead. Now notice God's response to Abraham's act of faith. Genesis 22, verse 15 to verse 18. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn says the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is on the seashore and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. You see, apparently at this time, God preached the gospel to Abraham because the offering of Isaac is one of the finest pictures of the offering of Christ. Although God spared Abraham's son, God did not spare his son, but delivered him up for us all. The important thing that Paul wants us to see here in Abraham's life is that he obeyed the voice of God. Abraham was willing to offer his son when God commanded it. And when God said stop, he stopped. He obeyed the voice of God. He demonstrated by his action that he had faith in God. Again, he believed God and he counted it to him for righteousness. James says in James chapter 
21. But do you want to know, O foolish men, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? However, James goes on to say in verse 22, Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. Now, John Calvin said it like this, Faith alone saves, but the faith that saves is not alone. In other words, saving faith is a dynamic, vital faith that leads to works. I hope you understand that James is not talking about the works of the law. James is talking about the works of faith. Faith produces works. This idea of saying that works will save you is putting the cart before the horse. In fact, some men put the horse in the cart. Paul and James are saying the same thing. One is looking at faith at the beginning. The other is looking at faith at the end. One is looking at the root of faith. The other is looking at the fruit of faith. The root of faith is faith alone saves, but that saving faith will produce works, that is the fruit of faith. Galatians 3 verse 9 So then, those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. God asked Abraham to believe that he would do certain things for him. God asks you and me to believe that he has already done certain things for us in giving us his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. Faith is the mundus operandi by which man is saved today. Faith saves. Galatians 3 verse 10 For as many as are of the works of the law are under the case, for it is written, Cursed is anyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. How about that? Do you keep the law day and night, 24 hours, 7 days a week, every day, 52 weeks out of the year, word for word, deed for deed? That is the thought that is being given here. If you are a human being, Somewhere along the line, you will let it down. You are not walking on top of the world all the time. And my friend, when you let down, the law can only do one thing, to condemn you, to condemn you. Galatians 3 verse 11 But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. You see, even the Old Testament taught that man was saved by faith. It does not say that keeping the law saved anyone. The heart of the Mosaic system was the sacrificial system. Moses rejoiced that God would extend mercy and grace to people, even under the law. That is the reason his face shone as it did. In Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4, it says that the just shall live by faith. Galatians 3 verse 12 Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. 
Faith and law are contrary principles for salvation and also for living. One cancels the other. They are diametrically opposed to each other. If you are going to live by the law, then you cannot be saved by faith. You cannot combine them. They are contrary. You have to choose one or the other. If you want to go by the law, then you can try it. But I warn you that God has already said you won't make it. The law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Galatians 3 verse 13 Christ has redeemed us from the case of the law, having become a case for us. For it is written, Cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. You see, the Mosaic law condemned us generally in any nation. No one is rewarded actually for keeping the law of the country. But if you break just one of those laws, you are condemned. Christ has redeemed us from the penalty of the Mosaic law. How did he do it? By becoming a case for us. Christ bore the penalty. The reason he is a case of God so that you do not defile the land which the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. Christ became a case for us during those last three hours on the cross. It was then that it pleased the Lord to bruise him and to put him to grief. He made his soul an offering for sin. Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Now the Greek word for tree is here, zulon, meaning wood timber or tree. Christ was hanged on a tree. What a contrast we have here. He went to the cross, which was to him a tree of death, in order that he might make it for you and for me a tree of life. Galatians 3 verse 14, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Israel had the law for 1,500 years and failed to live by the law. At the Council of Jerusalem in Acts chapter 15, Peter said in effect, We and our fathers were not able to keep the law. Why do we want to put the Gentiles under it? If we could not keep it, they won't be able to keep it either. You see, Christ took our place that we might receive what the law could never do. The Spirit is the peculiar gift in this age of grace. In this age of grace. Galatians 3 verse 15. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise now suppose that you now suppose that you make a contract with a man to pay him $100 then a year later you decide you will pay him only $50 you go to him and say here is the $50 i owed the man says wait a minute you agreed to pay me $100 you say, well, I've changed my mind. He says, oh no, you don't. You can't change your contract after it has been made. You cannot change a contract after it has been made. You see, now to Abraham and to his seed, where the promise is made, he does not say, 
to the seed as of many, but of one, and to your seed who is Christ. Galatians 3 verse 16. God called Abraham and promised to him a blessing to the world. He made him a blessing to the world through Jesus Christ, a descendant of Abraham. Christ is the one who brought salvation to the entire world. Galatians 3 verse 17. And this I say that the law which was 450 years later cannot honor the covenant that was confirmed before God in Christ, that he should make the promise of no effect. You see, God made a promise with Abraham. When the law came along, 430 years later, it didn't change anything as far as the promise made to Abraham was concerned. Actually, God never goes back on his promises. God promised Abraham, I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to give you a son and a people that will be as numberless as the sand on the seashore. God fulfilled that promise and brought Abraham, the nation of Israel, and several other nations. But the promises were given through Isaac, whose line led to the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, the Lord Jesus Christ then is the seed we, that is talked of in verse 16. God also promised Abraham that he would make him a blessing to all the people. The only blessing, my friend, in this world today is Christ. You may not get a very good deal from your neighbor or from your business, from your church, from your job. I don't think the world is prepared to give you a good deal. But the Lord Jesus Christ has been given to you. That is a good deal. In effect, it is the supreme gift which God has made. It is a fulfillment of God's promise that he would serve those who trust Christ. Galatians 3 verse 18 For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Now, the promise concerning Christ was made before the Mosaic law was given. And that promise holds a, as good as though there had been no law given there. The promise was made irrespective of the law. The question arises, why was the law given? Of what value is it? Now, don't think that Paul is playing down the law. He is not. Rather, he is trying to help the people understand the purpose of the law. Paul shows the law in all its majesty, in its fullness, and in its perfection. But he shows that this very perfection the law reveals is the reason it creates a hurdle which you and I cannot get over in order to be accepted of God. In our next study, we will look at the purpose of the law. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus two seven seven two six four one four four seven five. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for 
and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code 27 followed by 72641-4475. From within South Africa, it's 072-641-4475.